One Dangote is there, one Otedela is there. They've all gathered together and said, we are too busy with other things. So you, 10%. You just walk in, they will now brief you on what has been done. Say, let's take off, let's take off from here. I don't know whether you're getting the point. Listen, so it's not only ministries. Now this one I said I would say that will make you laugh. <laughs> are you ready? One day they will call somebody here. And say, come home. Say, just come. Say, that is the woman. We've, we've already talked to the family. That's your wife you are going to marry. <laughs> Look at the way they are laughing with unbelief. <laughs> come on, laugh like Sarah. Laugh like Abraham. You know, laugh like Abraham. And when you say amen, and laugh. Apostle, help them say amen. amen. Laugh now. <laughs> laugh the laughter of victory. You know, there are different kinds of laughters. Some of you think it's ridiculous. It's not. It's good. It's better than having to chase a woman. It's a waste of time. All this chasing thing is not good. Some of you believe that that will make the marriage sweeter. Lie. That's in a bobo. You know they call bobo? Deception. Some women will be lying to them and say, you prove hard to get. As you are harding to get, now they will get somebody else. You will stand down there. I'm telling you what is, uh, what is hard to get. What are you? They say, if you, are, if, you are, if you know you are precious, you'll be hard to get. If you know you are a gem, you are difficult to find. You are precious, you'll be hard to get. I'm not saying you are not precious, but Jesus has paid for you. What's your problem? Must I be the one to pay now? Jesus, what did Jesus do? Like somebody said, the one where Jesus died for you never do you. <laughs> Husband go die, John, before you marry you. Say, wait here, Apple. Uh-uh, wait here. Take it easy, I beg. If you like a man, I agree. Mm. I'm going to be proving hard to get. Jesus said, if you are persecuted in one city, we'll flee to the next two. This one that you are doing, persecuting us. <laughs> it's true. Man, what you like, call you three times. You can't return the call once. Say, well, if I return the call now, he'll think I'm interested. But you are interested. Why are you lying? <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth now. Why are you bringing <laughs> If the brother loves the Lord, he's going somewhere else. Ah! And they call you three times. You go and pray. And you and your friends talk about him. Yeah, interested. If he calls, ah, if he doesn't call you, send him. You, you, you ping him over how far. You know, my wife has some customers there. Eh? If they don't see her for some weeks, they will ping go. Before this man starts going to another shop. Is that not so? Ah, one called your daddy. Ah, madam. I just said, let me hear your voice. Ah, forget all this. There's no, ah, you are a husband. What is your voice? <laughs> All she's checking is that, don't forget me, I have a consignment that just arrived last week. They have, they have all their number, all the numbers of their clients. Just check, say, ah, we never see this guy in the last one month. Oh. And they call you, say, well, how far and how business? How market? What is he telling you? Don't go to another shop. Oh. Are you getting my point? Hey. If, you, if a man calls you three times, you're of marriageable age, you like him, and you've prayed about it, you think God is speaking. Why are you proving hard to get? It's not good. Because, because some of these godly men, that's how they are. Say, if this phone does not ring, I'm not calling again. I spoil this ministry. Are you getting my point? <laughs> we are Christian women, you know? We do things like Christian women. Anyway, that's not the main issue. The main is the other one I said that you think is, is very difficult. Forget all of this in that uh, you know you have to do the chasing so that it's not necessary. If somebody else will do it for you, let them do it while you are busy doing other things. Sounds funny, but trust me, I'm not joking. I'm not saying you should wait for somebody to do it, but if it is done, after all in this life, all of us were helped. Are you getting my point? 
Hey, somebody has to help you. You can't just get up and help yourself completely. My friend, his wife, you know how he married his wife? One day, his mother came to town. And so the sister said, ah, they want to meet one of our friends. And it's also a lecturer. So they went to the lady's house. And the lady was so nice. Oh, mama, you're welcome. My husband, everything. He said, do you like this kind of food? He said, let me make it for you. Ah, so she went, did the woman very nicely. Ah, and the woman turned to the lady and said, but she's not married now. This is, the, the, the lady said, yes, she's not. It's just our friend. I said, but your brother is not married. So they look and say, ah, it's true. <laughs> so one of the sisters planned a birthday party. And said, bros, it's my best deal. So what we are going to do, we'll do our birthday in your house. So they carried the birthday from where they were and traveled to where he was. That this is your house we want to use for our best day today. So he was like, what is going on? Which kind of best day is all of this? So they now planned and invited their friends and told that young woman, please, my birthday is happening. It will be such an honor for you to come. So she dressed up and went for birthday. This was the guy telling me himself. He said, when they were planning the birthday, he was looking at them with suspicion. That this birthday doesn't look honest. Something... <laughs> So, the, so he looked at them. So along the line, he now, he now, I think he cornered one of them and like, what is going on? So I think one of them finally agreed that, okay, with the, one of our friends wanted to meet her. So he said, he told me that he got angry. That, do I look like a small child? Do I need no more? He said, black. When she entered. <laughs> hey! <laughs> so what I'm going to say is that it's not a bad thing. That's how life is. So you will marry wives you did not chase. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody will do the chasing for you and the Lord will bless you and she will bless you also. Somebody say amen. amen. I will tell you many stories though. One of my friends again is in the book. Read that book. Should I say yes. There's a particular chapter there on arranged marriages. The man is a pastor in this town. It's a real story. He just called his friend. That was doing mission work outside Nigeria. He just called him one day and said, um, how far? Anything happening? So what, in that area, that brother said no. A pastor, a missionary, he said no. So this man said, all right, I just wanted to be sure. I have found a wife you will marry. <laughs> that, I'm telling you. He said, I have found a wife you will marry. He said the truth. Isn't that my book? The truth that he never met her until they had finished praying bride price. They never met. They spoke only a few times on the phone. The, the friend just told him, listen, I have found the wife you are going to marry. He said, he asked one or two questions. That one said, don't worry, I know you. Yes, that one is correct. He said, okay, fine. So what you are going to do now is you will marry her. I'm telling you. They sat here. They did, you know the way it is? Did ceremony. Went to a village. Do everything. Pay bride price. People gather, chop, eat. The man was, had never seen her. You say, no, this was before the days of this WhatsApp and all of that. He said there was only one picture of her he ever saw. And that picture was not even good. That was the only one the guy could find. And he sent to him that she was in a group. She was, she was at the edge. And she was not even looking at the camera. The Lord is good for you. All you single men in the house in the name of Jesus. 
you marry her wives that you don't have to waste time chasing. Chasing women is expensive. Let's just, for, you know, it, it's expensive, both time-wise, money-wise. Why, 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 why are you begging for punishment? If somebody will do it for you, just thank the Lord and accept. I mean, say, say amen. Say amen again. Go, uh, <laughs> this man, I don't know why he's not sitting straight, you know, to say amen. Grace will bring you a good wife. Amen. Say it again now. Amen. I'm on your case today. I said, Grace. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, it may sound like a joke, but really, at least one person inside here will experience something close to that, my friend's own. That is. They will, everything will have been done before this. Okay, okay, sure, this is your husband-to-be. And, and you'll be very happy. My friend I'm telling you about, he's excited. He's been married now for, I mean, I don't know how many years, but nothing less than 15 years. Yes, very happily married. Some people say that he's, you think it's the woman you chase that will make you happy. Oh, forget all the love, those things. Forget those, those things. Some people say that you have to know the woman for four years' courtship. Maybe you are in court. That's why you are staying for four years. There's no way... <laughs> What kind of rubbish courtship is that one? Four years. He said, you will know how well. Don't worry. Marry her, you will know. You have all the time to know how well. At least in case you do not know, nobody knows anybody well in this life. We adapt to each other. Yeah. If I knew my wife well, I would not have married her. <laughs> is that lack of knowing well that made the thing work? The Lord is good. If you know too much, you get confused. I read your scriptures well. The Bible says we adapt. If I specifically give the instruction to the women, say adapt yourselves to your husband. We adapt to each other. You, if you love your wife, you understand my point? You, you don't need to know her too well. Just love her very well. I mean, everybody changes. Why would you marry Sarimina? Okay, Mute. I mean, let's finish the marriage ceremony there. The Lord is good. Let's leave it. So don't let anybody deceive you that it's well. If you know the woman well before you marry her, that is when, and that is when the marriage will work. If you know the husband well before you marry him, it's a lie. Say, are we compatible? Only evil people are not compatible. <laughs> Listen, once people are evil, they are never compatible. But once people are growing into Christ, they always become one. What I've told you is a matter of fact. What does it mean? not compatible? What does it even mean? That has no meaning. Two of the most incompatible human beings on this earth is me and this girl. <laughs> yes, we are incompatible. The way I understand compatibility. My wife likes to play. I like to take things cool. She likes to travel. I like to stay in one spot. But we have been married for 17 years almost now. Yes, to be 17 years this next week, anniversary in about five months' time. 17 good years. 17 years of, yesterday we know, was it this morning? I was, I don't know what exactly what I was doing. I think it was this morning, I was doing something, she was talking to me, she had not gotten up from the bed, I was looking at where she was lying down. I said, okay, look like a woman that should be chased. Ah, I was smiling to myself. 17 years after. Now, Apostle, you know, I told you that if God says, okay, for all this work of ministry you guys have been doing, I will not I ever allow you to marry two extra wives. I'll say, Lord, give, give my portion to Israel, okay, Muti? I don't want. 
I don't want. I like the one I have. It's good enough. Yet, we are not compatible at all. Me and this wife, we are not compatible at all. Yet, after 17 years, I won't exchange her for anything, anybody, any lie, lie in Jesus' name. So, all this, uh, all this compatibility is ungodliness. When people don't know the scripture, they are talking about compatibility. They now write 17 questions to ask before you say, I do. If you see any, any question that goes outside Christ, don't ask it, though. There's one book that was circulating that time. How many questions? Just wake up in the morning, you go and beg for confusion for your soul. Even when GTB is employed, they ask 180 something questions. <laughs> what an employment interview. You, you want to employ the girl? The Lord is good. Please, can we preach our message? I don't know, how did I get there? Anyway, I know what I was trying to say. The Lord is good. Let me say it again. Grace will bring you a good husband. Amen. Grace will bring you a good wife. Amen. You will marry wives you did not labor for. Husbands that you did not labor to get will marry you. Amen. And together you will live happily ever after and fulfill the will of God. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, and that's what I wanted to say. Can I get back to my message now? Now, talking about that grace, okay? So you see, when we're talking about working for God, it's not by our own strength we are going to do anything. It's purely by the grace of God. What does that grace mean? It means that God's power is supplied to get results in our lives. That's the point I'm going to make. Alright? God's power is supplied to get results in our lives. But why I went into that is how do we tap into that grace? That's why I went into that. Because you cannot experience that grace except you are first with him. I'll talk about this with him for that next time. Alright? My time is really running now. You cannot, ex- ex- uh, you cannot uh, enjoy that grace except you first understand his um, ordinance. Except that ordinance is taught to you. The first thing that God does is to make you able to receive grace. And we began by explaining that if a company employs you, all right, and they are training you, they see that training period as part of working for them. They see it as part of working for them. If you are the pastor of a church, you run a ministry or whatever it is, you are not allowed. You know, some pastors have a there's this error, they make, a mistake they make. They tell you that, look, if young people come to your church, maybe a, a, a new believer, you give the person responsibility so that the fellow will be committed. That is so wrong. The fellow will go and carry an ark and die in the process. Many people have carried arcs, they are dead. Many, many denominations that have a lot of branches, I feel sorry for some people who work there. They've given them titles that they should not touch. They are kind of acts that are injuring them every day. Because they don't understand. The primary reason why you go to church, the primary reason, and that's something I must emphasize again today, the primary reason is so that you are transformed into becoming the image of Christ. That's the primary reason. When you do that, what comes out of your life naturally, and that one will be by his grace. Remember what Jesus said to them. When we're reading from that Mark chapter 3, the Bible, what, what the Bible says concerning them, it said Jesus chose them that they may be with him and that they will send them out to preach and they will have power or authority to be able to heal the sick and to cast out demons. The power, the grace to do anything for God only comes into your life when you are first with him. 
Any other thing, you are laboring by your own flesh. And believe me, you are wasting the energy that's supposed to sustain your life. That's the point we're making. What's the first assignment, therefore, for every believer that wants to work for God? What does he do? First thing is that I must be with him. I must be with him. And that is something we, we pursue aggressively. Listen, the first work of God in the life of every Christian is that inward transformation into the image of the Lord Jesus. It's not outward working. Let's discuss that. We'll close there. Let me say it again. The first work of God for any believer is that inward transformation into the image of the Lord Jesus, not any outward work. We can't say it enough. You are not working for God except you are the spirit, that is the, except the spiritual substance is being poured into you so that you are becoming exactly like him. You are not working for him. Remember what we started with that day? He said, in the last day, many will come to me. They will say, did we not cast out demons in your name? And let's do that thing again. I think it's important. Matthew chapter 7. In verse 22, it says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? And then I will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. We can pick a number of things from here. In fact, let's just read the next, point, the next line. Let's read the next line before I begin to pass my comments. He said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall. For it had been founded on the rock. Then he talked about the opposite. In which a foolish man hears the word of God and does not act on them. And then the calamities of life will come. And then the house will fall down. And great will be that fall. That's the second thing. Now why did I read all of this? I want to just bring out something here. What was the Lord saying? He said it is possible for people to strain themselves. And like I said at that time, there are times people... Can, God can do anything through anybody. I said it the first time we began this series again. God can speak through a donkey. If he can speak through a donkey, he can speak through a human being that's like a donkey in his heart. Yes. The Bible said they are mules. He told them, he said, don't be like a mule or a horse. So if God can speak through a donkey, there are many mules he's using every day. But they are amongst those who he says, they are not with me. I don't know them. I hope you are getting my point here. So it is not the results you find in the lives of people that's the primary thing. That result comes different ways. We've said it already, God gave all of us some spiritual deposit of energy, which we're supposed to use to seek after him. We can use for something else, and people will see the outward result. We have seen that God can pour his power and let it manifest through people who he does not know. He said, these people, I never knew you. What does that tell us? What is, more, what is more important to him is not what results that he got through the lives of people, but his personal knowledge of them. I don't know whether you're getting my point here. 
It is whether people are personally related with him or they are not that constitutes the primary work of God in their lives. Not what they are doing. It is sad, but it's a matter of fact, that on the day of judgment, many Christians will be disappointed. They will look and they want to strangle their pastor. I'm sorry to say it. It's just that it wouldn't be possible. They will say, but you told us all we needed to do was give. You told us money answered all things. You told us if you are going to be serving God, you must be a member of a, a group in this church. Otherwise, you told us that. You said we needed to even go beyond tithing and give half of everything we earn so that God might be pleased. And we did it. You told us that as the house is being built, as God's name is put over the building, our mansions in heaven will be ready. You told us and we did it. Let me tell you something. People who are serving with their personal zeal, they can be very zealous. Paul felt sorry for the whole of Israel. He said, I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. I make bold to say, many Christians, the day of judgment, they will be disappointed. They will have served, it appears like, God very hard in this life. And the day of judgment, Jesus will look and say, who, you? Have we seen before? He said, ah, sir, it's just that you didn't let me bring my tight booklet. I will have shown you. When I was coming, they said I couldn't carry it. Naked I came, so they left it behind. And just to be looking and say, I never knew you. Ah, but Lord, let's be frank. Total money I gave you in a lifetime was nothing less than 500 million. You are aware of it. It came to 70% of what I earned throughout. And just to look and say, I never knew you. The branch of our church, that one in this particular place, I alone built 90% of it. Jesus would say, I never knew you. I led outreaches, evangelism. We went to, Jesus would say, what are you talking about? I never knew you. Like I said, the person said, there is no good but God. Every good thing you did in your life, it was God just using a donkey. What is he looking for? If he says, I never knew you, what was he saying? It is the people I personally know that are actually really working for me. That's what he was trying to say. What does that tell you, therefore? If you claim as a believer you want to truly serve God, the first place you put your energy into is let me be sure I know this, my God, very well. That's it. That's it. That is the primary thing. You know, I, I go to churches sometimes. And I always have respect, in quotes, for those who are in the security department. You know what I call respect? Actually, I fear for them, like, please, what's your arrangement for hearing what's going on inside church? Because God is an interesting person. Uzzah touched the ark. He personally killed him. We give the devil too much credit. It was not the devil that killed Uzzah. It was God that got angry and Uzzah died. Why? They don't teach procedure to security men. They are outside. <laughs> are you getting my point? I said, look, if I'm pastor of a church, security department, people must be rotate. Ah, you must rotate. In fact, 
will go and hire a boki. Who does not want to come to face for the service? Stay outside. We'll pay you. If we can afford it, we'll pay you. I'd rather hire a security company than how look in Kingdom World, I'm not kidding here. Ask the people. Once we are teaching, that is sometimes the messages are supposed and listen for us, things are so well done, you know, like if Felix wants to burn cities there, it's not work, it's stack them. The thing burns like eleven at they go. Pushes them in, hits the burn button, and comes out to sit down. And you wouldn't know anything will burn, and they remove them. But I say, no. Sometimes we announce here that, please, if, if you book cities last week, they will not be ready this week. Pick them on Tuesday or pick them next Saturday. The city is actually ready. It's just to multiply them, that's the issue. And the original was ready just, maybe just before prayer started. But the rule is shut down once anything is going on here that has to do with the teaching of the word. Because that's why a lot of Christians miss it. The main thing happening, you abandon it to save what? That's why in Kingdom World, if you have around, you know, that's our rule. It's been like that forever, not today. From the beginning. If I'm teaching, you don't do anything. Even when I go out to ministers in places, the tape, maybe we have tape CDs, you know, you have CDs, books. You don't sell when I'm talking. You can't rush in here, say, let me quickly buy two CDs, I'm traveling. That's your problem. Go where you are going. Nobody's going to leave to attend to you. It's when the preaching is over. <laughs> Somebody cannot sneak and say, okay, why they are taking announcements? Let me see what I can do. But while preaching is going on, you are not allowed to distract yourself. Jesus went to the house of Mary and Martha. Let's read that story. The book of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Let me read from, let's read from verse um, 38. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Please, let's go back there. I need to read that again. Verse 39. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, admiring his feet. Did you notice that? Okay, let me read it. Maybe my Bible made a mistake there. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, washing his feet. Let's not waste any time for that. He said, he was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. You will notice that this is probably one of the earliest encounters Mary, had, Mary and Martha had with the Lord. It was later on that their brother Lazarus died. I believe this was around the time that the relationship was set between them, when he now became a friend of the family. I'm just noticing it myself, that it appeared as if he said, there was a woman, she welcomed him into her home. This was like the early stages. Mary discovered the opportunity. This Jesus that we had to see in a crowd. Do you understand my point? But let's look at Martha. Martha was distracted. That's the word, distraction. 
He's in security department. He's making CDs. I don't know what I get by point. He's busy in the ministry. She's very active. She's the one in charge of cooking for the guest minister. So while the guest minister is doing guest ministration, she has gone to go and prepare his jollof rice. The sad side, before we finish reading, is that Christians actually think that's a good thing. Let me, the Bible, there's something the Bible talks about redeeming. You know what redeeming means? Buy, spend money. In my alumni fellowship, years ago when we come, you understand? We, of course, you know the natural thing. Everybody walks, but during the convention, I found that some ladies, usually one or two guys, are still involved in getting food in, you know. These are the early days. Those early days, I remember my president at that time said, no, no, no. We have to find a way to ensure that everybody is seated and enjoying every part of the convention. But we worked on that until now. What we do is that, that's why I talked about redeeming. We pay money. Hire cooks. Are you getting my point? The brethren that work, work before the convention. The only people that work during the convention are those who allocate rooms. You understand? And maybe receive, uh, those who bring cash as their own offerings and all of that. But everybody, I said, no, no, all this one of walking up and down. Over the last few years, we even hired a food manager who is not a cook. I don't know what I get the point. Before our brother, we still have to go and collect the food. We said, no, we don't even want that anymore. A few years ago, we now started hiring food managers. We spent money. Do you know the truth? Even to take care of the children, we hire. When the children come out, you know, they have, we have teachers we have paid that handle children, teaching, you know, babysitting, teaching children, do not, do not, the mothers have, go, go inside the hall, go and sit down. We don't want any matter ministry. People drive, you, you come all the way down for convention. Those of us who were, those who came last time, Chris Devon was there ministering. You will not hear that some sisters are there clapping with the children. No, 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 we gave that job. It's as a job. We paid for it. That's what I'm emphasizing the word redeem. Redeem. Martha should have hired a cook for that day. In case you do not know, Martha had money. I don't have time to explain it. Martha's family, they were rich people. That's why Mary could just walk up somewhere, take a jar of perfume that they said a working man, an average worker, which in today will come to like 2,500 to 3,000 a day in Nigeria. We walk 300 days to end the cost of that bottle. That's one million naira for a bottle. They had it on the shelf. They didn't go to buy it because Jesus was coming. They wasted it when he arrived. I, I don't know whether you're getting my point. They said, wow, the Lord is around. What can I do? The woman went, opened the wardrobe, collected that bottle, and smashed it on him. The point is that they could keep it at home. If they were poor, they would have sold it like Judas suggested. <laughs> What am I trying to emphasize here? Martha should not have done this. Mary understood differently. Mary said, this is my opportunity. Now, let's just look at it. Two of them. They said, this is my opportunity to serve the Lord. One said, how do I serve him? I will make him a good meal. He's been traveling. I will take good care of him. <laughs> Mary said, my sister, literally, you are on your own. 
When next will he pass through here like this? Do you know how busy he is? My opportunity to tap the anointing directly, I will be cooking. He said he's hungry. Eh? He's the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole world. He can't. Look, this. He's supposed to die for our sins. So if he dies a bit in the house, it does not matter. Mary sat down square. He's hungry. I know. He will eat later. Mary will only get up if Jesus agreed to press pause. And Jesus did not agree to press pause. She refused to get up. I perceive Martha Pinchstar called her. And he said to Martha, I'm coming. Send somebody, call her for me. He said, tell her, I will be there later. That was why she now came and said to the, said to the Lord. The Bible said, Martha, verse 40, let's go back there, was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, you are seeing all of these things happening, Abby? He said, do you not care? That my sister has left me to do all the serving alone. Okay, if you care, then tell her to help me. Let's pause again and talk. Everybody would have assumed that that would have been, I mean, that Jesus would have sided with Martha. No, it's natural. Listen, if you wanted to marry a wife in that house, who would you marry? Let's face it, if you are not been to meetings like this, your mother will say, Martha is a good girl. Very homely. She knows how to take care of her man. When Jesus came, ah, you should have seen. She was up and about making sure, oh God, that is a woman. Listen, you know what the Bible says? God does not judge as man judges. Man looks at the cooking. <laughs> but God looks at the heart. Are you getting my point? That's how we judge. That's how I used to say before, remember? When you talk about marriage. What did I say? Ladies. Say, the guy is so nice. Don't marry him. Most of these nice boys are wicked people. I'm telling you. For, lady, for guys, don't marry. Listen. He said, charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. The word, if you use King James, it said favor is deceitful. The word favor, the word favor there. It's when you say somebody is nice, you know, she, she can talk to people, she respects people, she's courteous, she you knows she, she's good, she knows how to cook, she's very homely. That's the meaning of the word favor or charm. He says it's what? Deceitful. It didn't say it's vain. You know, that's the good thing about it. Because that thing in itself is a good quality, but it can deceive you. He said beauty is not something you put in consideration at all, that beauty is pure vanity. As for beauty, it's pure vanity. In fact, I don't know why beauty is is vanity. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Let me tell you why now. Why is that laughing now? No, I know the reason. You know what I want to say. Why were you laughing at this man of God? You know why were you not laughing? Why you didn't know what I was going to say? The reason is that they sell it in bottle. Don't uh, they sell it now? Before and after. Don't you see those things? And you sit somebody down like this and spend one hour. You can buy beauty. So he says what? Vain. But the last part of it is what I like. He said, but the woman who fears the Lord. The woman who fears the Lord. She shall be praised. That is, she's the one that will lift higher than the other ones. She's the one that you are supposed to desire. 
Go and read my book. Should I say yes? I explained it there. Of course, it's available for free download from our website. All right? In two parts. I explained in there that when I was praying, God helped me understand long ago. I never saw him say, I want a woman that looks like this, look like that. Mm. It was not at all. God is my witness. I'm not lying to you. One of my prayer points. I gave God three prayer points. Number one, I said, please, oh, give me a woman that loves the word of God. I don't want a church girl. Can I digress again? I dislike spiritual women. I have never liked them. I don't like them till today. What I mean, all this would I do? Hey, praise the Lord. This morning when I woke up, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. What I... <laughs> the Holy Spirit is telling you, me, I'm not listening to it. You know why? Most of the time they are telling lies. Most of those people, hypocrites. Good actors. The word hypocrite is a Greek for actor. You know my problem? Talk to many of them. They are so stubborn, you can't correct them with the word of God. That, 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 was, that was my problem. Once they just put, the, the Lord spoke to me. Don't worry, one day we'll go talk marriage matters. I will go there. Let me leave it right now. That's what I said the other day when I was teaching. Eh? Listen. When I say spiritual, please don't, don't get me wrong. I love true spirituality. No, don't get me wrong. I love true spirituality. It's all this, you know what I mean, this apparent spirituality. When, because, because you, you, you are a pastor, your wife has to be singing in tongues. That's what I'm talking about. Try to talk to them. They say, Holy Spirit said. Holy Spirit hardly talks. Christians don't know that. He doesn't just go blah, 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 opening his mouth. When the one he said here, they have not read it. See, that's why I keep on saying it. I said, we don't want, I don't want any nice guy. I don't want any woman. Say she's so homely. What we need is a woman who fears the Lord. It's a man whose heart pants hard after him. David said, my soul follows hard after you. Oh my God. That's what we are looking for. Do you know why? Because if the word is working... It can transform anybody into anything. That's the reason. That's, that's the only reason. It's not because we don't like nice people. It's because niceness doesn't change you. The word transforms you. That's the reason. The word makes you cool. The word brings out the life of Christ in you. The word transforms you into the very image of God. That's what we are talking about. Not like we don't like, of course we know what is good. We are just saying that it is inferior. That's what I've never, I've never understood when a man, a, a young man is chasing a woman. And she, I mean, I don't see her following after the word of God the way he's following after it. I get worried. You are going to have family problems. You will have. Go and read your Bible. You will find that out Paul. All the prayers he prayed for people, he never prayed for breakthrough. We talked about it, we mentioned on Tuesday. All the prayer he prayed for people, he didn't, he didn't pray that uh, you have family peace and your husband will love their wife. He gave those things as commandments. When he wanted to pray, he prayed that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. 
When he wanted to pray, that was his prayer point. He prayed that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That was his prayer point. His prayer point was simple. I pray that your heart will be open, that God can pour himself into you through the infusion of his word. Let's continue reading this because I'm watching my time. Jesus, who we thought should have responded to Martha, turned around and said something to Martha that, except that it was the Lord himself that said it, would have argued over it forever. But because it was the Lord himself that said it, that's the reason why we are accepting it. He looked at the hard-working woman and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. He said, but only one thing is necessary. Only one thing. He said, listen, Mary has chosen that one thing, the good part. He said, we shall not take it away from her. He said, that one, I will not support anybody taking it away from her. What did Mary choose? She sat down there and the Bible said, listening to his word. That's what people don't understand sometimes. They confuse sitting down there, I do, with sitting down there, listening. There's a difference between the two. If Mary was sitting down there saying, I'm tired, I can't go anywhere, we wouldn't be supporting her. But she said, the work for God, we wait. After the word of God has entered us, we will do it. Do you see that? Should we work for God? Yes. But we will not work until we have heard. That the first work is to hear. That is why, listen, I was saying earlier, you spend money to buy things. You have a big church. People volunteer in church. And what are they? They are, the one, they are doing security. Security is not bad. But if you have the money, please outsource the security. Insist the boys sit down in church and hear the word. If you guys can't afford it, then please rotate it seriously. If you need two security men, have eight. And this is the day of technology. We have to enjoy technology. What do we do? We will have the CDs ready. Every member of security team will get it as soon as church is over. Get your own. Even with that, you won't be on duty next time. You will insist everybody sits down. Because if you don't do that, you are begging for trouble. The truth is this. The day of judgment, all of them will be lost. They won't get anything. They will have spent a whole lifetime serving the church building. And they come down to heaven. God says, I never knew you. We had no personal relationship. What does that tell you? The first thing we pursue, if we say we want to work for God, is not to work. It is to get to know him. And to be properly known by him. He said he chose them that they may first be with him. That's the message for today. They must first be with him. Remember the story I told? A young man who came here then to talk to me. As he was talking about the frustrations in his life concerning this work of God, I was praying. And after a while, I just understood his answer. I said, you know what your problem is? You're trying to work for God. You don't even know him. You don't understand his ways. You don't understand what, you don't understand, like we saw earlier, his ordinances. You know nothing. There's no personal relationship. Just want to exert yourself externally. And listen, let me end with that. 
God says, if you do that all your life, I'm going to tell you the same thing I've told everybody before you. I never knew you. First thing you do is you get to know me. First thing you do, you, let's have a good, cordial relationship. Let's mix with each other. And how does God do it now? It's by his word. I've seen people, people come here many times. Come. Please, how can I know? Uh, yeah, how, uh, what can I help you to do in this ministry? I said, sit down. I'm not exaggerating. Three times out of four, I don't see them again. Sit. That's what I say. Just sit. But they want to come first day, you are the one leading prayer. Who knows the spirit you are releasing onto the atmosphere? Are you getting my point? I've done it again and again. People will come. As, one came and said, oh, this man of God recommended that I should come. When I come to town, I should come here. Say, well, how can he get involved? I said, just be coming. Just be sitting. That was the first day I saw him. That was the last day I saw him. Never came back. But do you know if I said, okay, what can you do? I'm very good with the instrument. All right, we're going to buy a keyboard by next week. Praise God. You know he'll be back. One of the greatest things we must learn as believers is how to sit at the feet of Jesus listening alone. Many of us are too restless. We can't do it. And if we are too restless and we can't do it, we can't work effectively for him. Two things. One, we must learn his ordinances for whatever he wants to do. But more importantly, his first assignment is that we are being what? Changed. We want to know whether you are working for God effectively or not. Let's read this one. We'll close with it. Second Peter chapter 1. Now, this is the barometer to measure your life, whether you are effectively working for God or you are effectively wasting your time. It's not how much you run to church, come early, sweep the place, prepare a good Bible study and teach everybody. You are the one there teaching the Bible study. That's not the issue. It's not how much you give. It's not how much you coordinate the activities in the assembly. That checks whether you are doing well spiritually or you are not. You can listen to our series. It's a message like that, the path of a series, the path of progress in the Christian work. This is how you measure whether you are doing well or you are not. I read this and we'll close. From verse 2, say, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. He said, for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith supply moral excellence. In your moral excellence, knowledge. In your knowledge, supply, self-control. In that one, supply, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. Notice verse 8. Verse 8 is very crucial. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, two words, or two phrases, they are yours and they are increasing, Those are the things that render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If anyone lacks these qualities, Peter said he's blind or short-sighted, 
having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Said, therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. As long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Let me add my own words. In this way, in the day of judgment, the Lord will never look at you and say, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. In that day, he will allow you into his kingdom. That's what Peter was saying. In that day, the work that you did on this earth, they will count. In that day, that's that's the point he was making here. You will never have to fear standing before the judgment throne of God and wonder whether he will say, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. How is that? He said, these qualities are yours and are increasing. Therefore, if I'm working for God, the primary thing I'm asking myself, are these qualities mine, one, or are they increasing? That is, the primary thing I do is pursue after the increase of these qualities. I run after it. I want to ensure that these qualities are mine and they are increasing. I spend more energy reaching that than trying to reach any other thing. That is, no matter how much I come to church and play keyboard and sweep the place and make sure that I'm the person in charge of everything, if at the end of the day, there's no moral excellence, there's no increase in knowledge, there's no increase in self-control, I know I am simply wasting my time. Let's bow down our heads and give the Lord thanks. Let's just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Let's say, Lord, thank you. Let's say, Lord, thank you for liberating truth. Say, Lord, thank you for liberating truth. For your truth that liberates. Lord, thank you. Let me just give us about 30 seconds each. Just a prayer point that just on your heart. Quickly just pray that prayer. Respond this. Because anytime the word comes for the Holy Spirit is telling you something. Quickly say something back to him in that area. Holy Spirit, I take my correction. Holy Spirit, I'm being changed. Holy Spirit, I am being changed. Holy Spirit, I am increasing. Help me here. I confess my sin. Yeah, good time to do that. I confess, I confess that you might forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness.